0: We are
1: your friends on the radio every weekday morning 7 to 10. It is Bob Slider, Howard Monroe, and we're glad you're here with us for our conversational ride all the way up until 10 o'clock this morning. It's 8.09, nine minutes after the hour. Temperature raising a little bit. 64 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 64 at the Highlands, 64 in Elm Grove. Still 62 here. 62, right on the button. 62 degrees. Robinson Otter Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Partly cloudy skies. 83 for the high today, 87 for tomorrow uh, and for Wednesday. A little bit of uh, rain activity comes in. Thunderstorms possible on Thursday. Uh, Wednesday, I guess, is the maybe the best day. Might see some sunshine there. I don't know if that's a pool day or not, but, um, but we got Teddy and I got several pool days in a week or so ago because hasn't been particularly good pool weather. Uh, The last few weeks, a bit hot, but just not not good pool weather, Uh, not good pool weather. We have a lot to get into today. Uh, A bit later on, Bob and I started talking about this.
2: Do I call you
1: Pepsi Addict Bob today?
2: I'm pretty sure I am an addict, yes. And I was doing good, but man, it hit me like a ton of bricks today.
1: Or do we call you Firebug, uh, Bob, today? Because you want to go out and start fires with? Just in, concerned
2: in, about the sun, Howard. You know, camera. laugh about it. If we need a screen, if we're, if you had your choice to either be, get get burn up like an ant under a, a magnifying glass, or maybe put a a shield of smoke, <laughs> maybe it'll work. I don't know. The,
1: um, and I, I'm going to get this wrong. So, but my son was Tom, and he's a big. Sky watcher. He has a really impressive telescope and he reads all this stuff. And he said that um, the sun. I can't remember. The sun is the closest it's been to Earth in generations. It's hotter than it's been. It's throwing out solar flares and it's now close enough to Earth. That if one of these solar flares goes too far, it'll just fry everything. We don't want that. No. We're going to talk next week, as a matter of fact, with a guy who. It's, he's written a novel called Five Years After, but what he is is a, is a scientist who looks at EMPs, electromagnetic pulses, which are very legitimate things. Uh, there are weapons that are EMP weapons that could destroy the electric grid, and he talks about how we're not prepared for this. We're not prepared. What happens if What happens if the electricity goes away?
2: Well, I mean, think you wouldn't be able to come out. You'd have to hole up like a groundhog. You you couldn't come out till nighttime
1: going to be kind of fun. He's coming in next week, not coming in. He's going to be on the on the phone, but we're going to be talking with him next week about his book 5 years after what would the world be like 5 years after an EMP or some other form of complete loss of electricity. Interesting book. I've just begun reading it, and he's an interesting guy, and he's not a hoo hoo. He's actually a, a legitimate legitimate scientist. So we'll be getting I will say we'll be get well, okay. But <laughs> Based on the last guest that we had, uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'll at least get him all by himself as opposed to somebody from the Wild West. Yeah,
2: and then just when you're thinking, no, oh, this is great, he's going to say, but you know, Howard, uh, I know it's a lot hotter on Venus. You know yeah, how I know yeah. that? Because I was just up there last month.
1: <laughs> yes, you're right. That's a, you know, it's a chance that we take, chance that we take. A bit later on, Bob and I, Bob Slider and I, will talk some more about Bob Huggins. Um, he is, he apparently, his attorney has sent a letter saying Huggins is still the coach. He never actually resigned. I mean, there's some legality that may, I don't know, come to play here. But WVU says, look, every sign there, said he told the team, he told the public, he sent out an email that he resigned. So how's that going to play out? I'm going to tell you how it's going to play out. Bob Huggins is not going to be the coach of WVU basketball again. The, the best that he can hope for is that he would win some kind of suit, which he says he didn't want to bring. Uh, and they hire him back, and within 10 minutes they fire him. I mean that's 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 the best he can hope for. We'll talk more about that coming up a little bit uh, later on this morning. Bob, you told me you I, I mentioned to you I want to go see the movie Oppenheimer about Robert Oppenheimer, the guy father of the atomic bomb. And I said who? Yeah, you you said you had no real interest <laughs> in that, right? I no interest at all. I, I real I'm, I'm I am really intrigued. Have always been by the Manhattan Project, the creation of the atomic bomb, by some of the people like Oppenheimer. Who, who created the bomb and then became, I don't want to say pacifist, then they argued that it never should have been created and never should have been used. Fascinating people. And I, I watch a lot of stuff on that. There's a new movie coming out called Oppenheimer. It opens next week about Robert Oppenheimer and the Manhattan Project. <laughs> and I want to see it because I, it's historically interesting to me. But apparently, now it's, it's, it's about Robert Oppenheimer Going back to the creation of the Manhattan Project, the atomic bomb out in the desert, World War II, all of that kind of stuff, you wouldn't think it was going to be a sex movie. But apparently it is. Oppenheimer is rated R. Now, I got that probably for violence, the bomb explodes and everything else. But apparently there's going to be significant sex and nudity in this movie. Um, Christopher Nolan who is uh, the director of that says it's the strongest sexual business I've ever done on film. There's apparently a love triangle Oppenheimer his wife and then his mistress and there's some kind of a uh, anyways apparently you
2: sparked my interest How are apparently going? apparently uh,
1: there will be prolonged full nudity and a sex scene and I don't know what this means pretty heavy complicated scenes. My imagination. Uh, okay, I think I can see it a little bit, Howard. Just, I, I just, I well, want to see the movie to begin with, but now I really want to see it. <laughs> a, I never thought this would be, that Oppenheimer
2: would be a sex movie. Now I think it's like weird if you and I go together or you want to yeah, sit on one side of the theater, yeah, or I'll no, sit no, on no, this side, never Howard.
1: I'll sit over here, I'll we don't, we don't, We don't want that at all. So I will be, uh, I want to go see it and I will go see it, but geez, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. A quote uh, from Robert, I looked up some Oppenheimer quotes. Both the man of science, and the man of action live always at the edge of mystery. Wow. Wow. That's profound. Smart guy. I think he, much, he lives at the edge of his mistress. Not, oh, wait. Maybe that's what it says. It says mystery. Maybe it's not the edge of his mistress. Mistress, Howard. Uh, Brad McElhinney is coming up next. Uh, we've got new campaign numbers. Campaign finance numbers were reported on Friday. And we'll talk to Brad about that uh, coming up this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Going to take a little talk about gas prices coming up a tad later on. And Bob and I will talk about the Bob Huggins story as well. So we have a lot to do. Please feel free to be part of the show. Text me, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600 Or uh, you can use the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline at 304-232-8255.
3: Coming up on Metro News Hotline. On the Monday edition
4: of the show, we'll wrap up a busy sports weekend with the good, the bad, and the ugly. And get you ready for All-Star Week for Major League Baseball. Chef Paul Smith will be here at 4. Kristen Bird at 4.33. Carl Lee in studio with me at 5. Pleasure calls, texts, tweets, interop,
3: and our question of the day. Metro News Hotline with Dave Weekly, Weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 at WVMetroNews.com. And on this
0: Metro News station. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. The only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. You want a hospital rising up to the
5: challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home, developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes, offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff, providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services, and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the Mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time.
4: Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4445.
3: Find your style with Patriot Lighting and get 11% off everything at Menards. Check out our lighting showroom and give any room a coordinated look. Patriot Lighting is available in so many unique styles and finishes. We have over 300 stock lights priced under $100. Plus, you'll get 11% off all Patriot Lighting. In. Good through July 16th, savings are a mail in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big
2: money at
3: Live from the Robinson Auto Group studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
1: It's a human sign. When things go wrong, when the sand of her It's the music of Elton John for Bumper Music This Morning as a tribute to Elton John, apparently calling it quits on his tour and saying, "signar, see you, bye-bye, farewell. And uh, we've been looking over his entire repertoire, which is a tremendous, a tremendous volume of work over... About 50 years, I guess, basically. So uh, that's where our bumper music comes from today. 64 degrees right across the board. Uh, everywhere here in the upper Ohio Valley, a partly cloudy day. High up to around 83 uh, during the day today. Bob and I will talk more about Bob Huggins coming up in the next uh, half hour of the show. A couple of quick texts off the Frio Stack auction service text line. Um, if Huggins thinks that he is still the coach... Then the WVU AD should just fire him. And again, I said that earlier. I mean, this this whole thing is in my it's in some somebody's delusional. But if if for some reason the legal arguments hold and uh, and uh, Huggins did not resign and therefore is the coach, I guarantee you WVU will just turn around and fire him. I, I can't imagine how they would not. But hey, what do I know? Um, let's see. Text line at this point can't WVU just say to Huggins, you're fired? Not at this point. Because he's not working for him, In their mind, he's, reti- he's resigned. So we'll talk more about that coming up a little bit later on. Brad McElhinney is here with us from uh, WVMetroNews.com and the Metro News Radio Network. Good morning, Brad.
6: Hey, good morning. I was just thinking that would make a pretty good uh, one-line, two-word news release. You're, just you're fired and call it a day. That's Monday for you.
1: <laughs> big, big headline, yeah. You're, you're, you're fired. Uh, Hoppy Kirchhoff on vacation this week. You know Hoppy. I know Hoppy. How frustrated does he have to be that he can't come on and talk about this today on statewide talk line?
6: Well, he did go on yesterday, the three guys before the game podcast, like, so it was on vacation on a Sunday afternoon. And, you know, the news was just such that I guess he thought I better go on this podcast and let it rip and you know it's a chance to talk about it with friends we're all talking about it yeah so, I, I if you want if you want to hear all about it check out the pod
1: i encourage i listened to that podcast right before I went to bed last night my god Hoppy was on fire i mean, I mean he was on fire i don't know how many negative words he could have put together to use for bob huggins in that uh, three guys before the game you can get it at com. Uh, it's about a thirty-minute podcast, I think, yesterday, uh, but I suggest you go listen to it. But I know, because I'm that way too. I, nothing I hate more than to be on vacation, and some huge story is breaking. It's like, oh no! It's the whole reason I do this to get on and offer my opinion, and and, and I can't, I can't do that. Well, let's talk about uh, what we have been talking about almost every time you've been coming on, and that's the various and sundry elections that are coming up in West Virginia. The uh, governor's race, multi-candidates in the Republican primary field there, maybe, as you and I talked last time, maybe soon to be a Democrat that might be running. But the Republicans filed their uh, campaign finance reports. There are, I think, two basic ways you look at, at, um, at a campaign or at a race. One, of course, polling numbers. And the other is who's raising the money. So, Brad, in the governor's race in West Virginia, on the Republican side of things, who's raising the money?
6: Well, we got two of those indicators rapid fire within the last week. Right. The Chamber of Commerce, of course, had its poll uh, late last week that focused on the U.S. Senate race, the governor's race, and uh, some of the other statewide races, particularly Attorney General. This fundraising... As similar results. Uh, you know, the the poll showed essentially General Patrick Morrissey and the House Judiciary Chairman Moore Capito, son of the senator, out a bit ahead, a, 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 sort of a top tier right now on, on the polling for the governor's race.
1: And they were nip and, and tuck. They were nip and tuck in that race.
6: Yeah, within the margin of error, it was. 31% and 30% right. for each of those guys. And it would show you very similar results here for the fundraising for this period. It's, it's still early for both of those, but uh, but m- my takeaway was uh, Morrissey reported raising uh, $1.3 million. That was the most of anybody during the most recent quarterly fundraising period. He's got a little more than a million dollars on hand total because he's spent some. And then more Capito, you know, slow and steady wins the race, potentially reported $288,000 in contributions during the period. But overall, since he announced his campaign, has announced raising more than a million dollars. He's got just shy of a million dollars still on hand, potentially to spend most likely with radio. And (laughs) we only (laughs) have, so you, you, you see those guys really with, the, the steadiest support and the steadiest fundraising. Um, the wild card is is Chris Miller, uh, son of uh, the congresswoman from, from southern West Virginia, Carol Miller. He's an auto dealer, and he's got significant personal wealth. So he, he's put up at least $3 million of his own money. He hasn't spent it yet. doesn't even mean he's going to spend it, but he's got it in his campaign, and it's available uh, potentially to, to bring to bear or to scare other people off Uh, You know, there was there was a little bit of drama with my counterpart, Stephen Allen Adams, because he was he was tweeting about this stuff more aggressively than I was over the weekend. But, you know, he pointed out that the, the Chris Miller official filing didn't make it onto the secretary of state's website well into the weekend past the Friday deadline. So all we really know about Miller is what they have said in a press release. And so they they have described still having, having now exceeded I think three point five million dollars overall, and then they say they raised three hundred and sixteen thousand dollars during the quarter. Uh, so don't don't quite know where that's going to go. But if Miller wants what, to bring and, his own money to bear, he can. Brad, what what? He,
1: every time we talk about this race, he is the sort of black sheep candidate that does get mentioned there are actually a couple other candidates there that we don't even talk about generally what's chris miller's plan i mean is he really in it to win it i know he's the son of carol miller that gives him some cachet and he's raising well he either is raising or putting up some money but he just he doesn't seem to even be third tier in terms of the public's mind what's his game plan what in your your political and analytical mind what's he trying to do
6: I agree with you. It's puzzling. He's he's got this money. It is not clear to me that he intends to spend the three million dollars. Maybe he does, but you know, also it could be there symbolically. I've got it, and I could spend it. It's there to send a message. Maybe when I see him most actively, he's he's doing these public speaking engagements to like CPAC, and if if you watch them. I try to avoid opinion, but they look a little off the wall to me. Uh, you, you'd be the judge if you watch. But, you know, I, that that's, appears to be where the emphasis is. Like, I'm going to go make a national splash, talk to CPAC, uh, make a speech. And I see less engagement with West Virginia audiences. Miller does have, I, I saw somewhere, I think on Facebook, that he's he's speaking, I think, to a Putnam County crowd. Uh, maybe within the next few days. But it's it, he's not making as big a splash with the West Virginia appearances as he is with these national groups.
1: Let's put a couple of caveats here. We put the caveat with the polling last week that polling at this stage especially is just a snapshot in time and lots of things could change. Uh, with the campaign finance reports, let's be clear, it's second quarter reports that have been filed. There, there could be much more or much less for any of the candidates coming in as time goes by. You know, some might have hit their stride already. Some might not have begun to pick up. So we're only, again, looking at a snapshot in time, and that's an important caveat to keep in mind. Having given those caveats, how much attention should we give and how much can we read into the money-raising effort?
6: I mean, I think it's a, it's an important barometer at this moment. Um, just to backtrack for a second, I, I was looking up Chris Miller's polling in that Chamber of Commerce poll while we talked. It took me a minute. He, Miller is polling at 5 percent, according to the Chamber of Commerce survey that just came out. And keep in mind, just to review, it had Morrissey at 31 percent and more Capito at 31 percent. So if, if he wants to get serious, he's going to start spending some of that money, preferably on radio.
1: Again, I'm, but, I'm, let's keep let's keep hitting that, especially on radio, for sure, absolutely.
6: Especially, especially on radio. But I, I think it's an important barometer. Uh, the, the spending, I don't think, is going to begin in earnest just yet, because it's the deadline to even file for these offices is not until January, and the 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 primary election is what next May. Yeah. So we've got a lot of time, but. After Labor Day, I would think that the spending would begin in earnest. And it, this is a crowded field for governor. It's it's one of the most crowded I can remember in recent history. Um, I think because governor justice is term limited and he's got to run if he wants to for something else. So it's, it's potentially wide open, but it's competitive. And, you know, that if, if you are. If you're Morrissey and more Capito, you've got to keep putting on the gas because there's no light between you, according to the recent polling. And then if you are J.B. McCuskey or Mac Warner or even Chris Miller, I I think you've got to hit the gas even harder if you can.
1: Right. The the field is interesting because at least down to Chris Warner, uh, Chris uh, Miller, I should say, um, these are – relatively well-known names across the state. These are all people of, of impact, you know, Mac Warner and, and Morrissey and so on. So it is a very interesting race, and I think that, you know, I don't know enough about the internal workings of Republican politics, nor the Republican person's mind, but it would seem to me that even with Morrissey and more Capito having a significant lead and sort of battling it out among themselves, there's plenty of room for movement. Uh, again, as you point out, Look, filing deadline isn't even until almost six months. So there's plenty of time for, for movement, for fundraising, uh, for getting your name out there and so on. It's going to be – it's I mean, it really is going to be uh, an interesting race. I don't know if it was in your report because, as you, as you mentioned, Stephen Adams did a, a good piece. I would also recommend people read in the Intel this morning. One of the two of you talked about Morrissey um, – Like 75 percent, something like that, of his money of his donations came from out-of-state people.
6: Mm -hmm. Morrissey's press release about his fundraising described, expressed it the other way, to say uh, uh, $289,000, they said, was West Virginia money. But, you know, if you if you do the reverse math, you reverse engineer it and you think, all right, so he's saying that he spent one point three million dollars, that he raised one point three million dollars, more than a million dollars over the last quarter. That was that was the total raising. And then if you say two hundred and eighty nine thousand of that was from West Virginia sources, well, that that's got to mean, right. The other. Howard and I can figure out that math. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 basically, the other three quarters are from out of state. Right. Uh, so it was interesting. I found it interesting how they expressed that, and I kind of viewed it differently. You know, he I, I will say I'd probably do the same thing if I were him in this position, because as the attorney general of West Virginia, he's been in some high-profile cases uh, fighting what he would call federal overreach, and that has generated – uh, a lot of connections for him with the Republican Attorney General's Association. Right. He is a regular on Fox News, on Fox Business, on Newsmax. And that lends itself to the ability to, to extend your message out of state. In West Virginia, it's, it's frankly not a very deep donation pool. So uh, I, I'm not blaming him for, for having a strategy of spreading the net wide. But that's, that's, I, to me, that's what he's done.
1: In Stephen's story this uh, this morning in the intel, uh, 10% of Morrissey's donations came from small-dollar donations, $250 or less. 10% came from a series of political fundraisers, um, and the vast majority, 78%, came from out-of-state. Uh, read into that what you will. I think you make a good point. Uh, Morrissey has a, a significant national uh, profile, so that that certainly makes some sense. He also got some big money from a couple of, uh, the big conservative donors. So, uh, it's interesting where his money is coming from, and the next thing will be how he uh, how he how he spends it, and what's he what's he going to do. Uh, in this your look at campaign uh, finance reports, the uh, one of the races you also looked at or, or that had reports filed was the attorney general's race.
6: Well that one really struck me because the the, the chamber of commerce poll showed. State Senator Mike Stewart with an early lead, about 20 percent, and Ryan Weld, the state senator from your neck of the woods, with about 14 percent, and then 50 percent undecided, which means there's a lot of people to persuade. So then you look at the fundraising numbers, and Weld, these are, these are smaller numbers than the governor's race, but Weld was out significantly ahead on the fundraising, uh, about 100,000 to about 20,000. Weld compared to Stewart and you know what Weld says is he's going to take the money and get out there and and do his best to to meet West Virginia voters who maybe haven't heard of him don't know what he's about he he has represented his district in the northern panhandle for for several years now but isn't necessarily known in in southern West Virginia or other places among people who Don't pay that much attention to politics. Uh, So, right now, Weld with more resources to bring to bear, uh, Stewart raising about $20,000 during the period. Stewart has a long political history. You know, he was former Republican Party chairman for West Virginia. He was more recently the chairman of Donald Trump's 2016 campaign in West Virginia, uh, then became the, the federal prosecutor for. The southern part of the state. So he's been pretty high profile for years and likely has more name recognition at this moment than Weld does, but also at this moment, less fundraising to parlay into generating even more name recognition and and trying to persuade those open-minded voters.
1: It seems to me that both Weld and Stewart have some statewide name recognition among those of us who pay attention to politics. But I'm not sure in the general public's mind how how well either one is known, which actually means either one has a chance to try to create an image and to get their name out more aggressively than the other one does. I mean, it's it's an opportunity for either one of those guys because I don't think either one carries a, a Jim Justice or a Mac Warner uh type name or certainly not a Capitone name <laughs> so um, they 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 have they have room to fight it out in terms of getting the public to know them better
6: for sure and I mean that that fifty percent was striking you know if you're if you're a voter out there and you're beginning to consider who I might vote for I, I would just say that that is quite an important office and it, it has been a very political office no matter who has held it whether it was, Uh, Daryl McGraw and the kinds of lawsuits he pursued for many years back in the day or in more recent years uh, Patrick Morrissey just very high profile at the powerful office and it's important who the West Virginia voters pick Absolutely
1: Brad appreciate your time this morning as always Um, Dave Wilson filling in today I assume you'll probably drop in and visit with Dave as well to talk about this or other matters So we'll listen for you there and I'll just I will just feel like I'm not hearing all that I want to hear because I know that Hoppy's somewhere out there yelling and screaming about Bob Huggins, and he can't talk about
6: it on the radio. Dave so. <laughs> should do Hoppy a favor and bring him in as a guest. Yeah,
1: that's what he should. I, actually, I, the first thing I did was check Dave's schedule. I thought, he, did he try and get – last night, after listening to Hoppy on on three guys for the game, I really thought – I never, ever bother anybody on vacation, ever. Um. And But honest to God, I thought last night, geez – could I just send him and say Hop if you got a few minutes in the morning I'd love to because I but if you all if my listeners if you want to hear Hoppy Kirchhoff's take on the Bob Huggins story uh, go to WPMetroNews.com listen to the podcast three guys before the game because Hoppy held nothing back last night Brad good talking to you my friend as always talk to you soon
6: Hey, thanks Howard I appreciate it
1: 838 22 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show Slider and I a little more thought maybe we'll kind of get in a little more detail But what what we know and what people are claiming about the Bob Huggins story. We'll do that coming up here on the watchdog morning show. But first here is um, Rebecca this morning.
7: Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with your headlines for this Monday, July the 10th. Weirton police are investigating a stabbing from over the weekend. Police have confirmed a man was stabbed at the marathon in downtown Weirton yesterday morning. Officials say the suspect in this incident is in custody. No names have been released at this time and the condition of the man who was stabbed is still not known this morning. You can stay with 7 News for more details. And an overdose alert is in effect for Wheeling for the next two to three days that was put into effect at around five o'clock Sunday evening. Police put out the alerts when there were at least three overdoses within a day or two in the same region. Narcan is available at the Wheeling, Ohio County Health Department on Chaplin Street from 9 in the morning until 4 p.m. weekdays. You can also sign up to receive overdose alerts through a link on our website at WTRF.com. And continuing coverage this morning, West Virginia University is rejecting an attempt made by their former head men's basketball coach to reclaim his job. Bob Huggins, legal counsel, wrote a letter to WVU's president requesting Huggins return to active duties as coach. The letter claims there was a breach of this employment agreement with WVU and that Huggins never signed a resignation letter. WVU responded by saying that Huggins' claims are, quote, completely factually inaccurate. For more details and to read these documents, you can head to our website at WTRF.com. And every two minutes someone is in need of blood in the US and unfortunately it's hard to come by in the summertime. With vacations and activities in full swing, many people forget or don't have time to donate blood. But with the American Red Cross, it is hosting their Nailers blood drive at Wheeling Island Casino to help. They are giving away Nailers t-shirts and phone wet bags to the first 50 donors who attend by appointment. The Naylor's Blood Drive will be held today from 1030 until 4 at the Wheeling Island Casino Ballroom. And that was a look at your headlines. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Rebecca Little, working for you.
0: How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from 120000 to $1. $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. You want a hospital
5: rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, we embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care, right place, right time.
4: Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 want to thank the owners and contractors of the Ohio Valley for using their locally trained workers to help build for the future. Local 83 helps design, fabricate, and build the gas infrastructure for the oil and gas industry here in the Ohio Valley. Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 is 300 members strong and growing. They also do residential, commercial, and industrial work on both sides of the river. For more information, call Plumbers and Steamfitters Local 83 at 304-233-4444.
3: Find your style with Patriot Lighting and get 11% off everything at the arts. Check out our lighting showroom and give any room a coordinated look. Patriot Lighting is available in so many unique styles and finishes. We have over 300 stock lights priced under $100. Plus, you'll get 11% off all Patriot Lighting. Good through July 16th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Spend your summer mornings with us. News, information, conversations, controversy, and fun. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
0: And I think it's gonna be long. Touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not man.
1: What had his final landing or something like that? What am I? How do I want to say
2: that? Uh, we'll go with that. Our, the,
1: uh, the eagle has landed. The eagle has landed. So we're a ta- we're a playing bumper music from Elton John, who this past weekend had what he says will be his final performances um, on tour. Again, and I don't mean this in any critical way. Just I I never accept any major performer who says I'm done. You know, I mean until until they go Gun Campbell on us where they can't speak or something. I, I, you know, you, I, Tony Caridi said it last night having to do with the Bob Huggins story. Never say never. And I would say never say never, both Elton John, but he brought tons of music, tons of joy to everybody. And you know, I suppose maybe I overlook it. We talked before about, he has always been flamboyant, was never really circumspect about the fact that he's gay. Didn't flaunt it. Just here I am. This is what I am. Um, you know, I don't think it ever harmed his career particularly. Uh, if someone came out today in this environment that we have today, uh, a gay performer, you know, I don't know I don't know if they would be able to achieve the success he
2: did. Maybe because he just didn't make a big deal about it. I don't know. I think that's exactly right. Again, I remember the first time, I think it was the Sonny and Cher show. Like, Who is this guy? You know, he had the bow of feathers and he had a yeah. hat on and yeah. big glasses. Yeah. And uh, he was totally different, but uh, you know, he again, he's been doing it a long, long time. And I, I think if you, who could you compare him to and say he was better, Billy Joel? I, I think his career went way longer than Billy Joel. Billy Joel, pretty good career, but I think if you had to weigh one or the other, I would compare the two
1: of them musically and stuff. But, but, but I think you're right. Elton John had a much longer career.
2: I think you have to go with Elton John.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going with Elton John for bumper music today. And you are. Until I'll- Billy
2: Joel says, you know, I'm done.
1: <laughs> By the way, actually, Billy Joel is another one. Talking earlier about who would like to see in concert, I would like to see Billy Joel. Yeah,
2: he's uh, he's great also.
1: Now, keep in mind, because somebody's in concert, well, you know he's in Pittsburgh not long. No, no. I'm not going to Pittsburgh. Come to Wheeling. I'm lucky to go to West Banco Arena. If he came to West Banco Arena, I would go. I'm just saying, I don't go Well, I don't go out much anymore, period, (laughs) except to to eat. So keep that in mind. Um, 64 degrees across the board. I don't know if I said that or not. 64 everywhere here in the Upper Ohio Valley. 64 at the airport. 64 at the Highlands. 64 in Elm Grove and 64 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Partly cloudy skies today. 83 for the high today. 87 tomorrow. uh, 87 pretty much the same on Wednesday. Some uh, storms could come in on uh, Thursday. Not going to be the world's best week. Not a terrible week but just not the world's best week. So 14 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We Talked briefly in the last hour a bit about the latest movement on the Bob Huggins story. I truly thought the Bob Huggins story was pretty much over and done with. Um, But Bob Huggins, let me just, uh, because this is so complicated. I don't want to make mistakes on this, you know, Bob. Here's how uh, Joe Bricado reported this at WVMetroNews.com. Former WVU basketball coach Bob Huggins claims he never resigned and is demanding reinstatement as head coach. In a letter sent from Huggins' attorneys, and I want to be clear, there are multiple attorneys. This is an attorney from Cleveland. In a letter sent from Huggins' attorneys to WVU, Huggins is requesting to return to his coaching job. The letter says that Huggins does not seek litigation. He is simply looking for the correction of a clear breach of his employment agreement with WVU. Uh, the letter goes on to say that apparently you all took press statements claiming that he resigned, but quoting the letter from his attorney in Cleveland, Coach Huggins has never communicated his resignation to you. We understand that purported resignations are incredibly based on a text message from Coach Huggins' wife. Uh, again, not, not only is I think uh, is this a bad, bad move, that's disingenuous. It, yes, it, first place was an email, not a text message. It did come from an email account uh, of, of Huggins' wife. The implication somehow that his wife is the one who resigned is just is ridiculous. Um, WVU says what is clear is that on the evening of June 17th, Mr. Huggins met with members of the men's basketball staff and student-athletes to announce he would no longer be coaching the team. The same evening, following a series of written and verbal communications with his attorney... Uh, he clearly communicated his resignation and retirement to the university um, In a June 17th letter Please accept this correspondence as my formal notice of resignation As WWU's head basketball coach If I'm sensing this right, Bob And tell me if you read this the way I do I guess the claim that's being made here And God knows why he's trying to make this claim I guess the claim that is being made is that there is a, in his, in his contract, there is a clause that says, here's how you resign. And he didn't follow the clause in his contract. Instead, he simply sent a letter saying, I resign. Told the, remember he sent a letter to Mountaineer Nation, said I resign. Told his team, I have resigned. I have resigned and retired. Um, but I, if I understand this right, and I don't know if you have thought this through or not, but it seems to me, the the, the narrow window they're trying to wiggle through is he didn't use the technical process in his contract.
2: Okay. You know, when, when is a a contract uh, ironclad? Yeah. Uh, But to me, listening to you, because that was, that was brand new. I I didn't hear that, uh, that side of the story. Again, a contract is a contract. I would think that the university of, of West Virginia has, has some, pretty smart people there that uh, looks out for them uh, in that department. You would think, at least I would think, out loud here, that somebody should have seen that. Somebody said, well, it says right here, uh, if it comes to this, that letter of resignation isn't going to work. It, it has to be redone because this is what the contract says. If if uh, Let's begin with the fact that
1: I am by no means an attorney. I hear laughter out in the audience right now. I am by no means an attorney. It would seem to me if this goes into a courtroom, I'm not sure we would have, I don't know, a trial, whatever. I would think a judge would say, all right, there is there are terms of the contract and we get that. But the overwhelming evidence is that you resigned. You said you resigned publicly. You said you resigned to your team. You sent a, a, an email saying, I resign. I mean, what was, I just read you the specifics of it, um, saying that I, I resign and retire. I mean, he said that in exactly those words. I'm not sure how you – I would think a judge would say the overwhelming burden of evidence is that you, that you resigned. And I, I just – I can't see – any way that this is going to hold up. You're
2: using that contract against me, okay, but yet when it comes to your end holding up what it says in the contract, you didn't do it. You're holding it against me, but it says in times like this resignation, it has to be done this way, and it says it in the contract. I don't know, Howard. I mean, somebody really, really smart is going to have to look at that and make a decision, right? Well,
1: absolutely, and, and, you know, he says he doesn't want in the – I say he, and, and this is his from his attorney in Cleveland, and, again, there are at least, I believe, at least three separate attorneys involved with this, with the Huggins case in different ways. Um, his attorney in his letter said, we're not seeking litigation. We just want his job back. Uh, again, I don't know the details of the contract. I don't know the details of resignation or retirement or firing. It is impossible for me to conceive now. Now, again, you and I had a debate about this weeks ago. I felt that Huggins never was going to come back. But I there has always been a window that something was possible for him, not probably as coach, but as some kind of a, a consultant, a advisor, whatever. I think even that is dead now because in the, I believe, unlikely chance that some court would say, oh, yeah, you didn't follow the letter of the contract. Then we're gonna give him his job back and we're gonna fire him. And I would think he gets less. He has, he has money owed to him. He retires, resigned. I mean, he resigned and he retired. he's got retirement money coming to him. He's got, I don't know what he might have, but he has pension. He has, you know, I don't know, back pay vacation stuff i would think if you are fired a lot of that goes away
2: i've never had a contract in my life again if you you look at the whole story here it was very emotional time uh again looking at somebody just trying to be right in the middle on this when we do things emotionally i think that the the law even says "Well, wait a minute you got to step back a little bit if they were impaired because of alcohol or emotion Maybe we can't hold them. Their what they said against them at the time. Am, am I grasping at straws here, Howard? Yes, or? I
1: think you're grasping. At, but
2: but I hear what you're saying. I mean, I, it is an argument that can be made. I'm you know, not, I see I quit. You know, I I, I just quit. Well, yeah. maybe I didn't think about that long enough. I should have took a day and got with my attorneys and then thought about the best action. But but he did get with his.
1: First of all, let me say this. I think you are a thousand percent correct. I think Huggins was emotional. I think use used the word shame. I think after that DUI incident, all the publicity about it uh, on the heels of the, the Cincinnati thing, I, I think he was ashamed, embarrassed. I, I don't want to, this to come out the wrong way, but Probably still a little bit of alcohol in the system. I mean, you know, I, I have seen people back that way. And the immediate response is, oh, my God, it's terrible. I'll never do this again, and I am so sorry, and i got to quit. and I, gotta, I get that. But he did consult with an attorney. And the resignation uh, supposedly came on the advice of his attorney. So, yes, I believe it was emotional. Yes, probably should have been time. He'd taken more time to think this through. Um, not in a circumstance quite like this but i've had those stories where i have just in the in the heat of emotion and actually i had once where i said that's it i quit i won't tell you. they said they said to me well, go home and think about this for 2 days and we did and we worked it out i get it i get it but i i don't think I can tell you one thing, Bob Puggins will never again coach WVU basketball. Will he get his job back and be fired? I guess that's always a possibility. If Howard
2: Monroe thought uh, an incident happened and he thought he was doing the best thing for his employer or school or whatever, thought the best thing was to resign. But then you found out that's really going to hurt me financially. You know, we didn't get our heads together. I thought I was helping out, but now I'm taking a tremendous blow financially. Everybody does almost everything because of money, Howard. And yeah, but, I could see if uh, that I, changed. I'm not,
1: I'm not sure that he's going to lose financially. I mean, again, by retiring and resigning, he is eligible. I, I don't know the details of the legal contract. I want to say that none of us do, or as far as I know, none of us do. But he is entitled to pay. I don't know what it is. I said it's retirement pay, you know, whatever. Uh, he's. It's not like he just quits and walks away and gets nothing. He is entitled to things because of retiring and resigning as opposed to getting fired. Um, so I, I think that, and, and we, according to WVU and a letter from David Campbell just yesterday, uh, they had already begun conversations with Mr. Fitzsimmons about what are the benefits that he is entitled to. So the financial side of it, I think, is Maybe a wash. I think maybe he's better off. But again, I don't know. Maybe better off being uh, involved. Maybe better off having just accepted the resignation. But here's what I know. Now I said this before, so I said this before. He will never again coach WVU basketball. Well,
2: do that little thing you did with me with your hand, where you like dismiss me, like uh, get out of here. Do I, that with your hand, I, Howard. I, listen,
1: I. I <laughs> there I, you I, go, back. No, that's no. He will never again be. But again, even Tony Caridi last night and three guys with the game said, "All right, I said this before, and now I have to learn to say never
3: say never."
1: Do we have time for a break? Let's get a quick one right. in.
3: On Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day: your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Don't Ford you can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Don Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Don Ford. Online at DonFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Don-
1: THE HIGHLANDS IS THE OHIO VALLEY'S TOP SPOT FOR SHOPPING, DINING, AND ENTERTAINMENT, TOO. PLAY A ROUND OF SIMULATED GOLF AT THE FOUR SEASONS COURSE. GRAB A MOVIE WITH FAMILY OR FRIENDS AT THE Marquise CINEMAS FEATURING 14 SCREENS OF THE HOTTEST NEW MOVIES IN ALL DIGITAL AND 3-D. PLUS, SPECIAL PROMOTIONS LIKE FLASHBACK CINEMA. OR VISIT THE HIGHLANDS SPORTS COMPLEX WITH TURF, COURTS, CLIMBING WALL, AND AN ARCADE. SHOPPING, DINING, AND ENTERTAINMENT. JUST OFF I-70, THE TOP OF THE HILL the highlands
3: information interviews debates and discussion plus an occasional rant with bob slider behind the board
5: this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe
1: i have a question bob whatever happened to cracker plant well, the Belmont County Cracker Plant talk, everybody was waiting for it. When Mayor Elliott first took over as mayor, they had a big committee formed. I think Sean Fleury was in charge of it to prepare for the Cracker Plant. Everybody was Cracker Plant, Cracker Plant, economics boon to the area. Whatever happened to the Cracker Plant?
2: Well, I think the economy changed, and I think it uh, was never a, a done-as-deal is. Uh, boy, that's terrible grammar. You know where I'm going with this, uh, Howard. But I, but I, no, no, yeah, no I actually You know like what that. I'm saying? It, it's not, it not as done-as-deal done as they were saying. You know, people w- would get mad at me when I would be somewhat skeptical. It, it, look, you know, they took it, it personal. Is,
1: it, I, I, I questioned the whole thing all along. It's a bit like Wild Escapes, I think. I don't know what happened to the cracker plant, and I'm not going to be able to find out before tomorrow. But tomorrow, we're going to take a look at what happened to the cracker plant in Beaver County. It was going to bring Beaver County, Pennsylvania, all kinds of money, 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 money. Not so much. Got to look at that coming up next. Out next tomorrow here on the Watchdog Morning Show. WVLY Moundsville
7: from ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Heavy rain spawning extreme, deadly flooding in another part of the country. This time, it was New York's Hudson River Valley, where a woman in her 30s was killed after being swept away by floodwaters outside her home.
3: We've had more than eight inches of rain in about 24 hours in a lot of places here in the Hudson Valley. A one-in-1,000-year 1, flood event down to Pennsylvania. That means a 0.1% chance of that happening at any point in the year. It is rare,
7: it's dangerous, and it's not over. ABC Chief Meteorologist Ginger Z in Orange County, New York, where Emergency Services Commissioner Brent and Casey has more on what they're doing now. The
4: focus today is going to be getting into those areas that were inaccessible during the storm. There were some roadways that were
1: washed out in and around.